Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey friends, welcome back to Send It With Steph. I am really excited for this week's episode because I've been thinking about it for a long time and I think this will be kind of like the first of maybe a series of like answering questions because over the years, especially the last two years, I've gotten a lot of questions over and over again from people that know me or maybe don't know me and message me. Um, So I figured I would just kind of go over all of them. But I really appreciate you guys listening and tuning in and yeah, supporting me in this crazy journey. So the first question that I get asked more than anything is how do I get bags for free on the airplane? This might seem like kind of a bizarre question, but for some reason, I think it's because I always post about it because I really like United and they've been really good to me the last couple of years. Like I think the most I've paid is $250 and I checked in 11 bags. So you can imagine like I've had very good luck on one hand, but also there are some tips and tricks. I'm not going to spill all my secrets because number one, I have developed a strategy with Trisha and we kind of, we don't want to maybe take advantage of it or, you know, take advantage of United and our amazing um, check-in ladies there. But I think that the number one thing I can Um, suggest if you are going to an airport with a bunch of ski bags or a bunch of big bags is just get there early number one like I'm usually try to get there as soon as the check-in opens because that gives the people it means they're not already stressed about some other annoying customers Um, hopefully they are appreciative that you showed up with a lot of time so that they're not stressed to get your bags in within the time window. Um, but also it just like gives yourself time (laughs) if something goes wrong or if you need a little extra time to convince them to let you, you on for less money. Um, the next thing I would say is go in really calm. Like I've seen a lot of skiers in the past go into check-in and they're just very intense they're very like they go in and try to tell the people what to do and number one I think anyone if you have someone coming at you in your job like your place of work and tell you what to do and how to do it I would also be standoffish and I probably would not give you the same deal as someone who comes in really calmly every time I go in I'm very calm I have a nice smile on my face I'm kind of talk to them and say like I know this is a really annoying thing for you like I really appreciate you guys and taking the time like I also know how annoying it is like this is my job I travel for skiing so we do this a lot and um kind of see how they react to that for in recent experience they have never reacted badly they've always been very warm and very grateful that you don't go in guns blazing like here are my 10 overweight bags check them in for free or I'm going to cause a scene let me talk to your manager (laughs) and that's I think most things in life if you go in very respectfully and calmly they're going to have a better reaction so that's the number two suggestion I would say um number three is like explain your story a little bit so I like to tell them that I race world cups and that I travel the world and that I'm always flying with all these bags and since 
I'm from North America. Like I have to travel all the time to Europe and to South America. And it becomes, it's an expensive, um, it's really expensive. It all adds up. So I think if you kind of explain to them like what you're doing and how you're doing it, they also tend to be more lenient and kind of try to bend the rules for you a little bit. I'm not saying this is going to work all the time or ever. Um, I have personally been very lucky and I also fly with the same airline. Every single time I fly, I try to fly either United or Star Alliance because then you get status. And honestly, status makes such a big difference. I think that they're more willing to work with you when you have status. They kind of are able to, well, number one, you get priority check-in, which is great. But they also, the people tend to be more like willing to work the system with you a little bit, (laughs) if you know what I'm saying. So that would be my tip number three or four, I can't remember, would be to fly with the same airline every time or like choose a cluster of airlines that work together like Star Alliance or I don't even know what the other ones are. But anyways, I always fly United and I have found that they, the more you fly with them, the more willing they are to work with you. So (laughs) um, that's, yeah, I think that's kind of my last tip. Oh, no, my final tip is bring a little goodie or something. I think that we do this, um, I know like professional skiers, we have uh, either hats or postcards with our like ski postcards or um, something that kind of shows them like I appreciate you guys for working and um, helping me. Like I, when I flew home from Chile this year, I flew with nine bags and every single one of them was overweight, like over 50 pounds. There's no way I was getting anything under 50 pounds. Some were so heavy that I actually felt really bad for the people trying to pick them up. But the guy who checked me in, number one, was super friendly. I didn't really say anything to him. I just told him like, look, I know this is annoying, but please help me. And he was super, super nice. No questions asked. Um, He checked everything in. And then at the end, I gave him a medal from a race that I had done. Like something that I personally, like you get medals at every race you go to when you podium, like since you're a kid, like I have a drawer full of them at home or ribbons or I don't know, something silly like that. And I gave him my medal and he was so excited. (laughs) He was like freaking out. He went and showed all his friends at the other desks. Like it was adorable. But you could tell like he really appreciated that. And that's probably going to make him feel better about helping skiers in the future and helping other people like me. So, um, yeah, that's my final tip. Just be really nice. Understand that these people don't have to help you. They can be as lenient or as strict as they want. So the nicer you are and the more willing you are to work with them, then they're probably going to be better with you. Okay, now that I've gotten the fun question out of the way (laughs) that everyone seems to want to know, I feel like I should probably talk about what team I'm on this year. So, I mean, I've talked about this in the past, but people always ask me, like, am I on the national team? Am I not on the Canadian national team? And it's kind of a weird question for me because on one hand, yes, I consider myself um, like a Canadian national team skier because I represent Canada at the World Cups. I wear the Canadian suit. I represent Canada in like international racing. Um, But 
realistically, I'm not actually on the team. I'm not a named athlete. And I have kind of a like a status with them. It's called next gen, which I'm kind of unsure about what that even means. But anyways, logistics of it. But I yeah, I'm not officially a member of the national team, but I do get to race World Cups for Canada and I get to time trial the same as other athletes for World Cups that I don't have a start in. I get to attend Europa Cups and um, I'm not going to go to any norms this year just because it's a lot of back and forth and um, now I'm like trying to establish myself on the World Cup in downhill. So yeah, I'm not fully affiliated with the national team, but there's like a weird dynamic where I can train with them if I'm in the same place and I'm really good friends with all the girls on the team and I (laughs) um, my coaches work with the Canadian team coaches and there's a lot of like I have I work with the federation because they are the ones who run everything uh, for Canada in the World Cups I guess. So I can't just, my coach can't just enter me in a World Cup. He, we have to go through Alpine Canada. We have to go through the national team. And I do get some of the benefits of being a national team athlete without the official status. And yeah, so I am on a independent private-ish team with myself and my coach and my serviceman. And I'm funding everything myself, which is the biggest challenge with not being a national team athlete is funding but there are lots of other interesting aspects of it that I try to see as perks of being on my own like I have my own sponsors I'm in control of my training and I get to kind of choose who I work with which is really cool at this point in my career I didn't really think that's what I would be doing but um yeah So anyways, I am (laughs) not on the national team, but I represent Canada at World Cups and other international races, and I am trying to qualify for the Canadian team and hopefully help create a speed team for future generations. The question of national team always makes me feel a little bit weird because I personally feel like I should be on a national team. Um... But just the way that Canada is set up right now and the criteria and the fact that um, the only other downhill skier retired last year. So it's just me. I mean, I understand why they wouldn't have a team. There's not a huge demand for it other than myself. But it is a little like awkward for me when I talk about it because, yeah, I see myself as a national team level athlete and it's it's hard to explain to people so I tend to just say that I'm sort of with the team but they don't have a speed team so I'm on my own and that works most of the time but anyways let's talk about people also ask me a lot how do I stay motivated when I don't have a team or teammates um, pushing me so this for me is really funny because I there's a lot of different aspects I think that one of the things that keeps me motivated is I just genuinely enjoy the work of it like I love skiing I really enjoy most of the training that goes into it I will say there's some days that 
I definitely don't feel like going to a gym or feel like doing intervals. And it would be a lot easier if I had teammates to help get me there and make it me, keep me accountable. But I think that, I mean, I just hold myself accountable and there's other people in my life that help keep me on track. So that's, <laughs> I think it's a lot of like personal drive, but also I think when you're like my first year racing speed world cup and Europa cup, I had never experienced anything like it. And I wasn't, didn't really know what to expect. And when I got on the circuit, I realized just how dangerous the sport is, I guess. <laughs> is that That's the right wording for it. It's just, it's so intense. If you think about the fact that we are going down an icy mountain on these really sharp, long sticks that <laughs> we have very minimal padding and nothing really to protect us other than a bunch of netting on the side of the course like it's just the whole thing is very intense and I don't think I fully understood how intense it was until I was fully in it and for me my first year I did not trust myself at all I didn't trust that my strength I didn't trust my skiing there were a lot of things that I just was super unfamiliar with and didn't have any experience with so for me one of my biggest motivators is fear. <laughs> I never want to get to the top of a course and not trust my strength or not trust that I've put in the work to make it as safe for myself as possible. And obviously, like crashes happen, things happen all the time, but I want to make sure that I'm putting myself in the best position to be successful at what I'm doing and to keep myself as safe as possible. So yeah, I mean, for me, like the fear, I, I just don't want to have that fear again. I don't want to stand in a start gate and not think that my legs can hold me in the big compression turn or that my technique isn't good enough going off a jump. Um, I want, yeah, I want to make sure that I'm putting in the work outside of a course so that when I'm in there and I'm in the start gate or in the course I'm not second guessing myself or I don't have fear <laughs> of fear of lack of preparation I guess I um I think fear is totally normal and I obviously get fear everyone should have a little bit of fear in them I think that's what keeps us alive <laughs> keeps us going um I would say if you've made it this far in a sport you probably have a little bit of self-preservation or fear I guess um I've read a few books on this and it's about like harnessing fear and yeah they are really good and really interesting because too much of it can definitely take over you and you can lose sight of why you're doing what you're doing but yeah for me fear is a motivator and it's not the fear of skiing it's the I don't want to feel fear that I'm unprepared okay the final question I'm going to talk about so that you guys don't hear me rambling for an hour is how do I manage everything so I basically like running my own team is a lot of responsibility outside of skiing and I'm super lucky that I have Thomas 
my coach helping me. He does all the logistics, booking lanes and stuff. I He sends me his ideas and I kind of have to like approve it because I'm the one paying for everything. But ultimately, I am super grateful that he helps and he does most of the work because otherwise I think I would be totally lost. Um, but there is a lot of stuff that I have to do. I think that for me, managing it all is just being willing to ask for help because I think that it's really easy to put everything on yourself and then get overwhelmed and not be able to do a good job at everything that you're doing. So for me, it's asking if I need help with something from my parents, making sure that I reach out to them or asking Thomas for help or asking uh, Nico, my serviceman for help or my trainer or my sister. Like it's, it's reaching out to people or um, if I'm not sure about how I think something should be happening or (laughs) if I'm not sure about my plan moving forward, reaching out to coaches outside of my team that I trust or retired coaches like Jim or um, other girls on the circuit and seeing what they're doing so for me it's a lot of just asking for help and um, yeah being willing to learn every day I think is important when you're managing your own team or your own job um yeah I don't have experience outside of running a team but I can tell you that there's a lot that goes into it and I tried to take it all on by myself this year once Trisha made the U.S. team I was kind of in this independent mode and tried to do it all at the beginning and just fell behind in everything so now I'm getting a lot better at asking for help and saying when I'm overwhelmed or if there's too much going on So, yeah, I don't have like a great answer for that question, but I think that just being willing to have a good team around you and, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. You can obviously be the final say in things if you want stuff done a certain way, but I think that there's nothing wrong in including other people and, yeah, getting help from outside sources. Anyways, thank you so much for listening this long. Hopefully you enjoyed some of these weird questions that I get asked all the time. And I'm going to start posting on my Instagram story um, in advance if I do one of these question and answer podcasts. And yeah, you guys can send in your questions. I can't imagine there's that many more outside of what I answered, but... If you have any, I'll make sure that I try to answer them. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.